black and female and today we have a very 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 special episode um so today i don't know what the title is for this episode but we're talking about mental health and we have my beautiful publicist rashida hello guys my name is rashida we're here to talk about mental health and all that good stuff happiness wellness and taking care of yourself so she actually came to me with the idea of this episode because she really, really wanted to talk about, because I don't know, you can like quote me on this, but it's like, or you can correct me on this. I feel like every conversation we have, it goes back to mental health. <laughs> um, definitely goes back to mental health, whether I'm talking about music or dance or like our pot, my podcast or like branding and stuff like that. It always comes back to like the mental health and like wellness of others. And self-care is the most important of that aspect. And that's kind of just why I wanted to do this episode because I think a lot of people who listen to your podcast could benefit from just some resources and some some tools and just some knowledge of like how important it is to take care of yourself, how much mental health can affect your life and how much your upbringing can affect not just your present life, but your future as well. Yeah. Also, if you have any um, resources that you want to share with them, mm-hmm. just like link me and send them. Definitely. Okay. So we're going to go into Rashida's background and then I'll give in some little nuggets from my own life. But our first question that is not pulled up at the moment, Jesus Christ. Um, the first question I have is what made you want to go to therapy? Okay, so for me, I'm just going to give you guys a little background about me and like my mental health and have gone to where I am today. So um, I grew up in a single parent household. So me and my three siblings, we were very poor for lack of better words. I, like literally each month was a struggle. We didn't know if we were going to have our bills paid. We didn't know if we were going to have our phone paid like when we went to high school and stuff and just like those little things. So it was just constantly like you can't really ask your mom for more when she's already struggling so always like constantly kind of trying to take care of yourself and make sure that you are good because you can't really couldn't really ask for help in that situation and we were all struggling um so yeah like my mom she is a good person love her to death but she she said in her ways for lack of better words she believes what she believes and she makes she makes what she believes clear. She'll make comments like, for example, my sister had a friend who was gay in high school and she told her not to hang out with that girl because she said that she would make her gay. When my sister got pregnant, she told my sister not to hang out with me because she said that my sister was going to make me pregnant. So like little things like that. She just, she thought a certain way and she believed a certain way and that was that. She didn't want me to go out. Like she didn't want me to hang out past a certain time, which I'm sure every normal parent does. But like I couldn't sleep at a, a, one of my friend's house if they had a a dad I couldn't go out yeah like just like weird things like that like I could I had a lot of restrictions and this is the way it should be this is the way it should be so for me it was a struggle because I'm like I'm just trying to figure out who I am and live my life and like do you know what I mean so once I got to high school like backtrack I went to a private catholic elementary school okay so (laughs) I was the only black female there for a majority of the time, my sister came for a bit and then there was like this one other black guy who came and left because he saw the future and he's like, nope. <laughs> so yeah, like that was just an interesting experience for me growing up. Like I just felt very alone. I felt very, I felt like all eyes were on me at all times, right? So that was that. And then I went to high school. I went to Loretto College, all girls high school. And that was a huge transition for me. Like I went from having a hundred people in my whole school to then being this bigger 600, 700 people school. So that was a little bit like odd and challenging for me. And 
I just didn't feel like I could ever talk to my family about certain things. I couldn't talk to my mom about like sex or me wanting to do the go to school dance, like little things like that. We couldn't really have a conversation about it. And then I always felt like my siblings, because I'm the youngest, they kind of just looked down upon me in that sense. So it was like, oh, my little sister. So I can't be at your little sister, but then have a conversation with you about, oh, I want to date this guy or that guy. Like it just didn't, it didn't work for me in that sense, right? So that in itself led to me feeling very like alone and depressed. And then when I got to grade 12, that's when I kind of like started dating people and stuff and like exploring the world for lack of better words. And uh, I had been doing playing basketball. I play basketball all throughout high school and I had done summer training and I had met someone there. We started talking, whatever, cool, cool. And one thing led to another. And next thing you know, I was in a situation where I was being taken advantage of. And that for me kind of just was when things went from bad to worse. So when that happened, I kind of just like shut it out and pretended like I, I almost try to make myself forget that it happened in a sense because I didn't want to be the person who got taken advantage of or the girl who got raped. So I just was like, you know what? That didn't happen. Like not consciously, but unconsciously, I just tried to forget about it and not talk about it to anyone. And then maybe three or four months went by and I get a message on Twitter being like, I'm so sorry and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And that like literally felt like every single emotion was coming back and I just like bawled my eyes out. I called one of my friends and like I told him what happened whatever and he was helpful but like he was one of my only friends that was helpful. Other people I would tell would be like well so what did you do or like did you fight back or like just weird questions that were like that's so not the point like you know what I mean like it's not the point what I did do it's what happened to me that's really the point right. So that led into me being in a situation where I was like, okay, now do I press charges? What do I do? Like, I didn't know how to deal with it. I ended up going to a situation where I was like, you know, okay, let me press charges. Let me try and pursue this. So he ended up getting arrested for the day and like, do you want to continue pursuing this? And I was like, you know what? I don't know if it's worth it. Like, it's it's he say, she say. It's my word against his word. I don't have any evidence. There was no cameras. Like, I don't really want to be in a year, two year process of court when I don't even really know if this is really going to go anywhere. So I kind of just let that go. After that, it was just, it was a weird situation because my mom, I think she found a mail that I got from the courts and she's like, why didn't you tell me? And, and like literally started screaming at me for this. And I was like, this is exactly why I didn't tell you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, not after that, that yeah, like after that, I was just like, you know, I basically kind of shut everyone else out of my life out and just kind of like went into this like deep depression and like I would have suicidal thoughts for like months at a time so I I, cons I constantly felt as though I had a devil and angel sitting on my shoulder I'd have the version of me was like you know you want to live you want to be happy and you want to you know go through life and then I had the other the devil being like yeah but it's just easier if you're not like this is so much effort and so much things keep happening and you're alone and right so that was for me a constant struggle and th at that point when I had so much suicidal thoughts I was like okay something's definitely wrong with me right so that's when I was like, okay, maybe I need therapy. Okay. So that's when I started looking for resources. I went to Planned Parenthood, absolutely great resources. And they connected me with Unison, which is a free healthcare center that provides free therapy. So I started doing that. And yeah, I just, I got to a point where I realized I'm like, I can't do this on my own. I don't know what to do. I'm like 18, 19. I have no idea how I can make the situation better. I don't I don't know how I can be happy. I don't know. But I wanna be. So that's how that's what led me to go into therapy. You want me to talk about my experiences in therapy? Well, first I just wanna say thank you for sharing that story with everybody because I know that was maybe well, 
I don't it's know not if it was hard for you. Yeah, it's not a story but, that I share often with people, but yes. I think the listeners can benefit because I'm sure people can relate. Um, but also, I think what's important to pick out from what you were saying is that, first off, don't have friends that are victim blamers. Yes, definitely. <laughs> if your friends victim blame you... Oh my God. <laughs> you move on. And not second, the fact that you wholeheartedly wanted to make that effort and like go do you know what I mean like you mm-hmm. you wanted to make the effort to go because mm-hmm. you know you could have everyone saying there's something wrong with you or suppress everything but it's that innate want for you to get better yeah especially when you realize like I, I want to do something but I have no idea how I think at that point you realize okay I might need some assistance in this so what did you learn into th- like what did you learn when you were in therapy so basically I kind of just sat down with her and I explained to her Pretty much everything I explained to you guys and like my home situation, my situation with my mom and like we, it, it, it honestly just got, it started getting worse in high school because I started being more resistant and the more I wanted to be myself and in my life, the more she didn't like that and more she resisted that. Yeah. So we were in like a really toxic relationship and so I explained all this to my, to my therapist and she kind of just like would tell me, okay, you know what, okay, make this effort or try this. And I would try those things and it wouldn't work. And I go back to her, like, I did this, it didn't work. She'd be like, okay, you know what? Like, it's okay to be in a situation where you don't necessarily have this great relationship with your mom, but you have to understand that she's sick. She has her own problems. She has her own life. And if she's not willing to recognize that, then there's not much you can do. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong or you're not good enough. But she did a really good job of making me question my sanity and make me feel like, okay, maybe I don't know what's best. I always felt like I couldn't satisfy her. It was never good enough. It's like, oh, I got to see. It's like, why don't you get a B or an A? It was never good enough for her, right? So, yeah. And then on top of that, it was like, I want to figure out how to be happy. I want to figure out how I can be in a relationship one day and like things like that. And so she would give me tools to do those things. So, so give me like a hand down and be like emotions, right? And like the top would be extreme ones, the middle would be neutral, and the bottom would be like the like the low of the low emotions. And she would tell me like, okay, what emotions have you felt before on either extreme? And then what she would tell me, okay, how how are you gonna get back to the middle? And so then I'd have to try and think of like how can I get back to the middle? Okay, you gotta be conscious. You gotta first be aware of the fact I feel like I wanna punch someone in the face right now you know what I mean like when you get to those extremes you're like I feel really depressed or I feel really angry right now and I'm like okay I just need to stop take a minute realize this is how I feel and just kind of like shut everything else this is how I feel in this moment and that's okay sometimes it's not about changing the emotion but it's about recognizing and that in itself can help you change because you're like okay this is how I feel this is what I can now do and this is what I can now do is like those things that those little things you like sometimes it's having a shower sometimes it's going for a walk but within that it's paying attention to what you're doing if I'm going for a walk I'm paying attention to each step that I'm taking the wind blowing on my face cars passing by shower same thing right so like learning to just be present in the moment of what you're doing instead of what am I going to do next what am I going to do later things like that and she would suggest meditating to me and I think personally meditating has like helped me so much and taught me how to be present in the moment and be appreciative of the moment because life's really fast paced. I work, I go to school, I'm in a relationship. I do a lot, right? So like life's really fast paced. And for me, it's easy, especially when I was depressed, it was easy to, to count the mishaps in my life and be like, oh, but another thing that went wrong. Oh, but another thing that I'm not getting instead of focus on all the blessings that I did have. I had a roof over my head. I had the opportunity to go to school. 
You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, yes, I was in a difficult situation, but it could have been a lot worse, right? So I feel like mindfulness and meditation really helps you just be present in the moment and be appreciative. Okay, this is what I have right now. I have a healthy body. I'm not disabled and I'm good. I'm good. I could be better, but I'm still good. Yeah. Right. So little things like that really helped me. And then when I did get into a relationship and I continued to go to therapy, I would ask her, like, for example, how, how can I get better at saying I'm sorry if I've done something wrong? Because for me, that was a really, really difficult thing because my mom was never able to do that. She did no wrong in her eyes. There was nothing you could tell her that she'd be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's right. Like I would tell her, for example, we had curtains in my house. They were literally white. You could see into my house, right? And I told her one day, I was like, like, we need new curtains. Like, these are, this is not safe. Like, people could basically see into our house. She was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I think that's a black thing, though. I was like, (laughs) you don't know what you're talking about, this and that and whatever. And just completely didn't listen to me. Why two weeks later there's new curtains? Do you know what I mean? So, like, she would never actually say to me, yes. Yeah. You know what? That might be right. So, I'd always question myself. So No, you know what they do? They, your idea becomes their idea. Yeah, or that's that a, exactly. It's not like you had a good idea, so I did it. Oh, it was my idea. Like, that's why I got it. It's like no, it's not even close to what happened, right? So for me, that was difficult because I I would never have faith in my judgment. I never trusted myself and yeah. my thoughts or anything like that, right? So with me, like it was just hard to like to acknowledge somebody else's feelings and be like, you know what? Yes, I did make you feel like that, and that might have hurt you. So I would ask you how to do that and. She would just tell me that, like, it's not something that you, you do in the moment. It's something that you practice every day. So that comes with questioning your emotions. So she would give me handouts on, like, questions that you can ask yourself. Okay, like, what are the facts of how I'm feeling? I feel like this person did me wrong. What are the facts? What is the actual reality of the situation? Why do I feel this way? Is it just because this person did it or because my mom did something to me years ago and it's triggering that old feeling? Like, why do you, like, not just feeling something but actually asking yourself, why do you feel that thing? And then understanding how someone else can, how can how someone else fits into that basically. So if, if I someone's telling me I made them feel shit or I did something that was wrong to them, I have to try and understand how is that possible? How did, how did that get there, right? So that within that it, that helped me to be accountable and acknowledge people because I was able to actually question myself, but also have faith in like, okay, I have done something to someone, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person or that doesn't make me any less than just because my mom wasn't able to say to me, you know what, you did this and it was right or wrong, or you said this to me and I think it's a good idea. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't be allowed to do that to people. So just constantly working on it on a daily basis and questioning my emotions and even acknowledging myself, that really helped me too. Like affirmations, telling yourself that you're a good person, telling yourself that, you know, that you're going to be successful and that you can be happy. Those things like that really helped me in those moments because I would have so much doubt and so much fear that like, if I acknowledge this person and say, sorry, what's going to happen? I don't know. Like, I don't, are you going to use it against me? Is it some manipulative tactic? Like I, I never really knew what the end result was, but within me working on myself and my self love that helped me be like, you know what? I love myself and I'm a good person, even if I did a bad action. That doesn't make me a bad person. Yeah. So those are like some of the things that she did that were really helpful. Oh, your therapist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. some of the tools that like she gave me. Especially the affirmation I think is really important because that's like, for me, I couldn't do the other things until I did the affirmations because I didn't, 
I wouldn't say that I didn't love myself, but I questioned my love for myself. Oh, of course. I wasn't sure. But how are you supposed to have love for yourself if you don't have that confidence? Yeah. Like, I know for me, um, myself, with, like, specifically for my love for myself, I have a father that says, I love you, but he specifically goes, I love you this way. Mm-hmm. He's going to love me regardless, and he... he he accepts little changes, but at the same time, he's like, but I personally love you this way. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. have a mother that says, wow, there's condition. Mm-hmm. There's like, are you sure? So then when you're trying to find your love for yourself, when you don't already have that unconditional love from both sides where you wholeheartedly love you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't already understand that you're worthy to be loved. It's hard to like grasp. Yeah. Right? What I've learned is that the way you think of yourself is based off the way other people see you. So, for example, like, if someone tells you that they think you're a shitty person, this and that, you internalize those things. Yes. And you start reflecting that on your in your own life. So, yes. the doubt and the, you're not good enough, or you should have got an A from my mom, made me constantly feel like I wasn't good enough. And I, I always need to keep striving to be good because I'm not good enough. And, like, I don't know about you, because you've gone through therapy and you know how to deal with it things way better than I can way better and like I've gone I'm going back but I know for me when I can't achieve a goal or like when I make someone bad or something I get this sort of anxiety Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. because you're not you don't you feel uneasy but you're at the time feeling like why why do I feel uneasy like what's the point of me torturing myself in this method right so that like that consistency aspect the same that you would do with questioning your emotions constantly when you have an emotions i think the same thing you have to do with self-love mm-hmm. every day when you wake up look in the mirror and tell yourself you are a great person you're going to do great things you're going to be successful you're smart do you know what i mean because nobody else is going to tell those things to you no. so if you don't believe them don't expect anyone around you to believe them and people can see that they can see if you're confident they can see if you you know truly are and they can see if you're cocky exactly like people can can read that energy off of you yeah. right so for me i really had to work on constantly telling myself that you are a good person because when i did do like anything that was wrong it automatically would feel like I was a shitty person. So yeah. I didn't know where that in-between of like, okay, it's a bad action I've done, but I'm not a but bad person. But I'm not person, a bad person. Right? Yeah. So that was the hard thing for me. So yeah, just consistently, consistently telling myself I'm a great person. I have, there's great apps, my affirmations, like there's great apps out there. There's great tools and resources that you can help you. Just even if you want to write on your notepads, okay, these are the, the 10 great things in myself. And you every day look at those things and, yeah. and you say them to yourself mm-hmm. so you can remember them. And when you get in those difficult moments, that's when you need it the most. Not like, yes, when you're positive, when you're happy, it's great to be consistent. But you should do it all throughout. But when you get in those moments, that's when you need to call up those things and remember, okay, yes, I am a good person. Okay, yes, I am smart. But I think it puts you back into a better mood too. It puts you into a better mood, definitely, because now it's not like, okay, everyone thinks I'm horrible. You know what? I think I'm kind of good, but I'm just struggling in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you can actually have confidence and faith in yourself that like, I can get through this moment just right now. It's really hard. And that's okay. It, that's a human Being trait. happy and going to therapy doesn't mean that this person is going to tell you how to be happy and then your life is just going to be fit. <laughs> that's not what it means, right? It just means that the person is giving you tools so that you can take them back into your own life yeah. and use them so that you can work on those steps so you could feel happier. Not happy because it's not an end goal, but happier progressively each day. It's not, oh gosh. Here we go, another day. What's going to happen? It's okay. I have a new day. I have a new moment to make whatever I want to happen today. It's up to me. It's it's completely within my control. And I think that's another great thing that she taught me is like, you control your emotions. No one else can control how you feel. So if someone does something to you, the way you determine to look at that is 
this is completely up to you. So if someone hurts you, you could choose to look at it as this person thinks I'm bad, so they hurt me, or, or this person doesn't care about my feelings. Or you could choose to look at it as, you know what, they just don't understand. They're not compassionate, and they're going through their own problems, right? Like, that has nothing to do with the action that happened. It has to do with your mindset and the way that you choose to think about the action. So I think that's a really important thing for everyone they could take away from therapy or not from therapy, just understanding that emotions are completely within our control. Just because something happens, you don't have to feel a certain way. Someone doesn't make you angry per se, right? Like someone does something to you and it's completely up to you how you want to deal with it and how you choose to do, like what you choose to do with it and then how that's going to make you feel completely you, within your control. Do you still go to therapy now? I still go to therapy now. Because I was going to remind like the listeners that like, you're remember you're a product of going to mm -hmm. therapy now mm -hmm. so you're clip you guys are probably like me kind of like really timid really trying to get to that point of really feeling whole and secure but like she's the product of she Rashida's the product of like going to therapy and like constantly practicing and working on yourself right yeah and I've been going for about probably two years now that's a while that's a while and that's solid work solid, solid like work. when I first got there I was nowhere even close to where I am now. I still had the same pattern, same behaviors I have, but I found that progressively when I was dealing with situations, whether it be depression or whatever it be, my mindset was different. Yeah. So the way I handled the problem was different. My feelings were different. Yeah. I still dealt with depression. I still had these second like guesses and I still questioned my worth, but now the way I dealt with it and the way I thought it's about different. it was completely different. And that's what therapy does for you. It's not changing your feelings. You still might feel depressed. You still might have those days, but it's changing how you handle and how you look at it. And also, everyone can benefit from therapy. No one can tell me that they don't need therapy. Yeah, everyone can benefit. Everyone. From everyone. Everyone. Parents, kids, like, everyone. Parents, children, aunties, uncles, and cousins. for all the listeners out there, therapy is not, how did that make you feel? God, no. That's not what therapy is They already all. know once you walk through the door. Exactly. Yeah. It's basically them giving you tools. You're telling them, this is what I deal with in my life. They're giving you tools to help you deal with those things in life. That's and all And they it will is. question you. So it's like similar like when people go to marriage counseling. Like, same idea. It's like, okay, this is the problems in my marriage. They're giving but you like, tools to deal thing. with it. Same to, thing. How do you go to marriage counseling if you haven't even had counseling for yourself? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because if you already have that understanding of who you are in your counseling, you, you might need a little bit of marriage counseling, but ultimately you know your strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and reflections. Mm -hmm. Your partner should know it as well. So then you're able to like work through. You yeah, know what so I mean? that's like a, hu a huge, like, huge part. She didn't mind the therapist necessarily speak specifically about this, but... Like, with that emotional charm and stuff like that, just being self-aware of your emotions, yeah. understanding what you deal with, what you go through, your You're going to get angry. You're going to cry. Because right? so, yeah. you can't be in a relationship with another human being. If you don't even understand how you feel, why you do the things you... Sometimes we do things ourselves that don't make sense. But there's a reason. You know what I mean? But they might not make sense to somebody else who's receiving the actions, but there's a reason. There was a trigger. There was this, you know what I mean? There's reasons why we do the things that's where communication comes in and explaining. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because we don't know why we're doing the things we do... We don't even want to address it. We don't want to find out. And that's sometimes where therapy is a great tool because you can explain your life to this person. They can identify, okay, this is why you did this or this is why this is happening to you. This is triggering you, yeah. right? And kind of give you like a background of yourself basically because you're basically giving them this bio and they're like, okay, this is exactly what I feel like you're doing here. So this is how you can make it better. So my next question is we are kind of already talked about it, but how does your family affect your environment? But I want to tag this question on with like you've kind of already talked about it but how do you build boundaries so for example with me 
I'm learning how to build boundaries. Now I do not call my parents as often because I realize that I need to preserve my love and security for myself. Mm -hmm. But then also they can reach out to me as well and that I don't always have to expand that energy. And then if I get messages from anyone, family, friends, or whatever, I'm setting boundaries to see, okay, I don't have to look at this at this time. Because for me, being on edge, I'm always like, I have to get back to this person. I'm always owing myself to this person. Mm-hmm. So how did you, because I, did you read the book Boundaries? No. No. So the way boundaries works, which I'll link it below, is that they say that you can't build doors but I think it's kind of like gates, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. E- like you're still able, not gates, but you're still able to go through the doors and boundaries can be open and they can be closed, but you don't shut yourself off, but then you don't let it like open like an ocean, Completely, right? Yeah. What do you think? Um, so in terms of the first question, like how did my family like affect like the rest of my life and everything? When I went to therapy and I started explaining to her everything I was going through and I was feeling, especially with my mom and how like I just felt like... It was so difficult to talk to her and, like, have a relationship with her, basically. Sure. Like, she basically explained to me how my upbringing led to the where I am today. She um, basically said that my mom was a narcissist. For those of you who don't know what a narcissist is, it's just basically someone who... I'll link a video below. Yeah, basically <laughs> someone who only cares about themselves and wants to control the people in their life. So when the people in their life start kind of venturing off and being independent, it really irritates them. So a narcissist basically, they... They do whatever they can to keep control, and they're also very good at emotional manipulation because they don't really have a personality of their own. They kind of just, like, they can play every single character you need them to, to play, if that makes sense. So, for example, my mom can be the helpful friend who's helping some of the interview, or she can be the person who's doing this with my friends and, oh, here's a job, whatever, right? But, like, she can play all these different roles and act like she's this person. But when it comes to actually having a relationship with her daughter and communicating with her, that's, like, com- like not even within her scope of thinking, right? Yeah. So for me, just, like, I did touch on it a bit, but it made it really difficult for me when I wanted to actually be in a relationship, like an, an, a real long-term relationship, because... I didn't understand anything about myself. I didn't understand how my family actually affected, like, who I am today. So, like, certain things, triggers. If someone would um, criticize me, oh, that would just, that would, like, like, like you could feel a fire within me burning because I'm like, you sound like my mom. Do you know what I mean? Facts. It would be it would be that to me of like you sound just like my mom. Like that's exactly the way she criticized me, right? So like certain things people would say would really trigger And they're old not doing feelings. it out of like not doing negativity. it on purposely at all. It's but it would trigger idea. those old feelings of like, oh, like I really can't stand this person because they really don't I don't feel like they're being compassionate, right? So that's what also made it really difficult for me to acknowledge because she had zero compassion or empathy for anything I went through. If I would say the word depression to her, she would almost laugh in my face. Not literally, but it was like, uh eh. Right? And, like, even when in elementary school, if I was sick, it was, okay, go, go to school. Like, that I would is, be throwing up on the yo. bus, and she would still make me go to school. Like, there was just, she didn't really have empathy for other people and their feelings. But she definitely cared about her own, right? So, it was really hard for me to now understand how I could be compassionate and empathetic to somebody else. I didn't know what compassion or empathy was until I got into a real relationship. I didn't understand how, like, I didn't understand that feelings were bigger than just me. I only looked at things from perspective of my feelings. You're doing this to me. This is how I feel. Like, I didn't think of it like, okay, I did this to you. This is how you might feel. Or I said this, this is how it might affect you. I didn't even think Yeah, but that's that because way. your needs were not being met in terms of being exactly. listened to, though. Because I, I never felt as though anything that I felt or needed or wanted was important. So how can I feel like anything you need or want is important? 
yeah. right? So I didn't know that going into a relationship. So that was a hot mess for me because I had to learn essentially what compassion was and how to be compassionate, which is basically just thinking from someone else's perspective. Yes, you might, you might get into misunderstanding with somebody. And yes, you might feel a certain way. You might have your own feelings, but also trying to understand how the other person might feel or how something you might have done could have affected them, right? So someone might tell you you're being selfish at this moment, right? That might hurt your feelings, but also try to understand why this person or how, how this person came to this conclusion of, okay, I think this person's being selfish in that moment, yeah. right? So that was really difficult for me. And also just loving myself. So when things got tough in my relationship, like, genuinely having confidence in myself every single time we got into a fight I thought I was gonna break up with me every single time not because I didn't love myself I just didn't believe that someone else can truly love me like that right so it was hard for me to understand that, like you know what even though I'm imperfect I'm still great right like I could still have a fight with someone but they could still love me we could still communicate because I wasn't able to do that with my mom we weren't able to actually have fights and communicate with her it's you'd have a fight the next day she's making you a meal it's never I'm sorry let's talk about it like this is what happened yeah it's very passive aggressive kind of this happens to brush under the rug so yeah and then just realizing like all the little things that happened in my life and how they got like how that led to where I am today and just realizing how I wasn't the person I was I think I started um, therapy at 21 so like I wasn't the person who I was at 21 just because I woke up that day and this is who I am because of all the things I had went through so like even the experience with my brother and sister like I would always try and tell them like you know what like I think something is wrong with our family like I don't know what it is but I just think something's wrong we don't spend time together we don't talk we don't communicate and then when there's a holiday it's like oh let's pretend we're one big happy family and like that would always bother me, but nobody else wanted to talk about it. So it always felt like there was this huge elephant in the room. So yeah. now when I did have problems with people, I didn't know how to address it. I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how to tell you how I'm feeling without attacking you. I didn't know how to deal with those feelings necessarily and how to just positively express to someone, okay, you did this and it might have hurt my feelings without it being like straight on attack. Yeah. And then how do you deal with the boundaries of your mother oh, now? Oh, boundaries. Because um, like, I, I don't live in the house. <laughs> Yeah, so I still live at different. home with my mom. It's right now it's me, my mom, and my sister. Uh, my oldest sister, she's moved out and she has three kids, and my brother has moved out as well. Um, how I deal with it is I just keep things very unemotional. I don't let her, I don't tell her about my relationship. I don't tell her how school's going. I don't tell her how work's going. She sees me doing things, but she doesn't ask either. So it's very like, all right, like, hey, can you sign this paper for um, to get your taxes? Cool. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's a mail for you. Cool. Like, I don't engage in anything that's emotional with her. Yeah. And when she does the emotions at me, like, for example, the other day, it's like 8 30 in the morning, I'm going to work. And she's telling me how she asked me to take out the garbage prior to the week before, and I did. And she was telling me how I, I took out the wrong garbage and it wasn't the right one, how it's always an issue, and da 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 da. And I just, I didn't even respond. I literally yeah. said nothing and I went about my day because I'm just like, I don't have the emotional stability to deal with this because it's it, it brings me down. It makes me feel like yeah. it's draining my energy. So for me, it's just trying to not engage as like, I just, I don't engage as much as possible. That, that for me is my boundary because I know that although I've gone to therapy and all those things, <laughs> I know that she could still trigger me very easily. Yeah. So it's better to kind of just avoid with her. That's kind of better. just avoid and just keep things very light. The topic, like I, n I never go into anything too, too deep with her. And then in terms of like with friends, like, uh, I'm, if I'm somebody like, if I'm your friend, I really, really care. And I want to see them do good. She so does. 
if my if for example my friends asking for advice about a relationship and I give you advice that could potentially help you and you kind of just whatever like you'll say yes in the moment and be like yeah yeah I think that's a great idea but then you're doing something completely different I kind of had to figure out how to like detach myself from that emotionally I, I can still be your friend and care about you <laughs> but I can't care about you unless you care about yourself so if you don't care about making your situation better or getting out of this toxic relationship I can't help you I can't you know, be your savior, and I'm just, I can't do that, because it takes too much out well, of Well, they me. have to save themselves. Exactly. If you but don't care, genuinely, you, you don't want to take those tools, then, and, and if you're not self-aware. So, like, I have friends who are, will give everything they have to a relationship, or, like, well, even to friendships, not even just relationships, like, will give everything they have to friends, and these people will walk all over them, mm-hmm. and they know it's wrong, but they're like, yeah, but I care about that. I'm like, you're the type of person who, yes, you care. Like, when you care about someone, you care hard. So if you know that, you can only give it to selective people. You can't just give your love to everyone because then, then you're you drained. Can, yeah, but then you can care for yourself more and better. Exactly. If you actually like, leave yeah. energy yeah. for yourself, you can actually care about yourself Imagine more. leaving this much energy for yourself compared to the amount that you exactly. give to yourself. And then so especially when you, you have to hear those friends complaining to you and be like, oh, but I'm so unhappy and this and that. It's like, deal with it. I had to get to the point where I'm just like, you know what? When you want help, tell me yeah. I'm here but if unless you're actually ready to one be self-aware and realize the things you're doing that are not only hurting yourself but your partner as well yeah. and also realize the situation you in might not be the best for you can't really talk because that's, that's that's friendship that's relationship that's home life that's all of that included right yeah. you so have to first be aware of what you're dealing with the situation you're in before anyone can even help you so you can't go to therapy if you're like you know what I'm fine I don't I don't have any problems you're not gonna get anything out of the situation no. you have to f- first understand that I have something that I want to deal with and it's issue in my life and I, I need help with this then you can seek out someone and get advice from friends or whatever case may be but if you're not willing to do that nobody can help you so I've had to do that several times more so with my friends than with anything else but i've had to do it several times where i just emotionally step back and just i'm here for you if you need but i can't i can't care more than you do basically until i see that you genuinely care and you you are aware of what you're doing and why not only the person might be hurting you and the friendship or relationship how you also lead to sometimes you hurting yourself then we can't even we can't go there we can't have that conversation well i think what's interesting is that i think we should probably talk about this on the podcast is that i think the friendship relationship is such a underrated topic definitely it's even though that like friendships are basically even probably more hurtful than relationships mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. aspects right um okay so the next question how does your family home life affect you and other relationships did you want to talk about that or do you feel like you've already covered it um i just feel like uh everything we we learn everything from our parents right so the good and the bad the good and the bad my mom did a lot of shady shit when i was a kid that i found out about when i was about 17 so like she would write fake uh like cards for my dad and sign his name and like give it to us like just like really shady shit so like it just always made me feel like I was living in a lie, so to yeah. speak, and like everything. Like I didn't, I couldn't trust anybody around me. I never knew if anyone was being genuine. I know someone's emotions trying to manipulate me, so it's affected me in the sense of like I question everyone, everything. Right when I meet someone, when I'm engaging with them, what relationship, whatever, I'm very, very, very conscious of the things you say, the things you don't say, the way you act the way you respond to the things I say, I'm very, very conscious. And you're guarded. And I'm guarded, and I don't, I can forgive, but I don't forget, right? So I can still have relationships and friendship with people, but I make sure, because I've been in such a toxic relationship, living with a narcissist mother for so long, I make sure that I take care of myself first, because I know that people 
even though they might not know they're doing you wrong, can really, really hurt you in a way that you have no idea. Like, for example, when I'm telling my friends, like, like I just told you that I got raped two days ago, and you're asking me if I want to go out today. Like, the fact that you can understand that. I never want to see just, if I was okay. Exactly. It just shows me that, like, I, you can't fully just give your trust yeah. to somebody. You no. know what I mean? Like, you got to, you, you basically, like you said, like, it's a gate. Like, I'm not closed off. It's not a door. You can still come in, but it's up to me whether or not you're coming in. I have yeah. to first feel like I can genuinely trust you and like you genuinely care about me and for a lot of people it takes a it takes a lot to even get to the point where you can feel that but I, I think that it really affected my life because now I'm very very guarded when it comes to people and I feel like a lot of times when I even emigrated with people it's small talk and but I you're not closed talk, off though but I'm not closed off that's what I'm saying I'm I will engage and I'll be emotional to people who I genuinely feel like care and there's like maybe two three people in my life is there being one of them but I I don't I don't give a lot and you know what's funny when I see you do small talk I'm like this is not who I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm walking around. Exactly. So, like, a lot of people who do see me in my everyday life at work, whatever, it's small talk. I'm not telling you, like, people ask me in my life, and I, I don't necessarily engage because I don't know if you're going to judge me. Yeah. I don't know what response I'm going to get. And, and I, I don't know if I can take I've that response. I've had people judge me hard in relationships with friends. I've had people judge me super hard, and that's, like, it, it's it stayed with me for the rest of my life, and I don't want to have to feel like you're my friend, but yet you're judging me. And tell, I'm, like, especially when it's coming from people who are the same age as you or in the same you know what I mean? That like, are literally raw dogging life. Exactly. Like, no therapy, no nothing. Like, you can't be the same age as me telling me, okay, you should be doing this better. Like, not to say that your advice doesn't help, but we're almost in the same boat. You don't necessarily know any better than me, right? So when you're sitting here judging me, but you say, well, you know, you should be doing this, and I think that you're a bad person, or whatever the case may be, it's like... But how are you saying I'm a bad person? You don't really have enough information to even make those kind of judgments, right? So... I think that being supportive yeah. is great, but it's, it's still a fine line. People have to have still are finding a fine line of what supportive is and what is judgmental. I think it's also the Oedipus complex. Because I know for me, I feel like the narcissism is in my parents. And what happened was with me is that I fell in love with the idea of a man that's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So then because I have those open gates for my parents and how they treat me, I have those open gates for that man. And then when I'm mistreated or vice versa, I'm like, what What happened? What the fuck? But I've been doing oh, everything. That's, that's another really good thing in terms of like boundaries. But also. I've been doing everything that I was told to do and I, yes. I was told that it was good. Yes. But now yes. it's not. But, but yes, now it's not. Saying. Yeah, just in terms of those boundaries, especially like... I think for yourself is important and also in a relationship and you get into a relationship, having boundaries is super important. Knowing what this time is what I'm willing to accept. Yeah. This is what I'm not. And having those conversations from the beginning. I unfortunately made that mistake of not knowing what my boundaries were, but eventually got to the point of like, okay, hey, this is what I want my relationship to look like. But your boundaries can change though. Your boundaries can change, but it still has to be conversation. This yeah. is what I'm willing to accept. This is what I'm not. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you have to know like what, what do I want? What do I want out of this relationship? And what do I, value basically and be able to explain that to someone so if you can know this is what i'm going to put up with this is what i'm not if you cheat i'm done like you know what i mean you got to have legitimate boundaries for yourself not like oh. okay you know what he hit me but maybe he'll get better like it's a it's called the boundary for a reason there's no if ands or buts you know what i mean it's like this is what i'm willing to accept and this is what i'm not so if he gets to that point we are not having a relationship anymore so for example i dated someone who's homophobic i didn't know that prior to but once I heard those homophobic words, I was like, I'm done. I don't need to, what, what else is there to, what are we talking about? Like, that's how you feel. That's what you think. Great. But I'm not interested in dating someone who's homophobic. So I completely cut myself off from my relationship. Um, okay. So the next one, we have two more ideas or questions. How to be the change in breaking the cycle? Um, I think by breaking the cycle, sorry, means like, 
especially if you come from a black or just a family West Indian who's, who's impoverished and you see that like okay your your parents struggled like struggled right and you don't want to be in that situation or you see that your parents got divorced and you don't want to be in a situation like that I think one self-care yeah and what self-care is is taking care of yourself okay that doesn't mean brushing your hair washing teeth yes those are important but I mean taking care of your emotion yeah telling yourself that you're important telling yourself that you deserve to be loved I heard a great quote the other day that was like you can take yourself for manicures take yourself for hair and stuff but imagine in the relationship someone's catering to you taking you out to eat and doing all this stuff but they're not meeting your soul exactly you would never feel good in a relationship someone's just basically buying you flowers let's go to move like you don't feel good you need to emotionally cater to yourself like yeah you would like partner. what do you do what do you like what do you enjoy go do whatever those things if it's a bubble bath or a walk or do whatever the that emotionally happy. make you feel good don't so please other people sometimes for me that's just simply saying three wonderful things three positive things in my day those honestly make me feel so better because sometimes i'll go through a whole day and i'll get to day and i'm like oh my god i'm so exhausted right but i'm like okay i'm exhausted but this happened today and that was really positive this happened today that was really good and that happened today is really good so it kind of just makes me remember like okay my life is still good. I'm still doing well, right? Yeah. And then when I wake up, or even when I go to sleep, I just always try and tell myself, like, you're a great person. You're going to be successful. You're doing great. You deserve to be You loved. are, though. You're worthy of love. These like, are all facts, Rashida. <laughs> and even though they seem so small, they're not. When you truly have lived a life where no one has ever told you those things, like, imagine your, your parents from young are telling you, you're great. You're going to be whatever you want. You're going to... Those kids who are told that, they believe that when they get older, right? So, like, the things that you're told for your whole life are what you believe and you internalize that. Or society you know already not, tells or them. Or society, yeah. But yeah. you definitely internalize those things and you believe them It's even, yourself. like, the images of, like, white kids going to school, getting exactly. an education, but black kids in ghettos. And, like, so majority like, of us are not there. when you're in that there. degree, yeah. you tell yourself, I'm going to graduate. Same in life. You tell yourself, I'm going to get to a point where I feel happier. But it doesn't mean it stops there. That's where the self-care comes in. Okay, what's going to make me happy? Doing those little things to myself. Yeah. Cooking, if that makes you feel good. Cleaning my room or, you know what I mean? Whatever those little things are. For me, it's sometimes just generally going outside and going for a walk. I yeah. like that fresh air. I feel like I'm free almost. Like, I just feel like, okay, I can control my environment. It's not just I'm stuck in this room with my mom and this and that and all these factors against me. Like, I feel free and I feel like I'm, like, the world is basically mine. Yeah. Um, so our last point, because we want to end on a happy note is self-love, happiness, and Rashida said this before, but we want to make sure that you guys understand that happiness is not an end goal. So what I, what I mean by this, like, for example, when I was in, like, the heart of my depression, I would sit on my floor and just, like, bawl my eyes out all night long and just be like, I want to be happy, I want to be happy, and I never really understood that it wasn't something that it happens. It wasn't something that you wake up one day and you're happy. It's something that you work on every single day and therapy is a great way to get jump started but it's still even when you're not in therapy you're still working on that right yeah. so it's not something that happens it's something that you achieve through working on it constantly and you don't you don't get happy you just feel happier right and that happiness comes from dealing with the problems in your life right otherwise where is the happiness coming from if everything's all gucci gucci all the time you know what i mean but like, you need those you need those lows to have exactly highs, so okay i really don't know how i'm going to pass this course and you figure out how to pass that course is what's bringing you happiness or okay i really don't know how i'm going to deal with this toxic relationship you figuring out how to deal with that toxic relationship 
is what's bringing you the happiness, right? So yeah, just working every day in your life to, to do things like being mindful and saying positive things, telling yourself like that you love yourself and like saying positive affirmations, doing things to take care of yourself. Those are the things that on a daily basis help you get to that point where you eventually feel happier. And especially, especially being grateful for what you do have now. Yeah. I think that aside from everything else is most, most important. And that's when you, you start to realize I'm not, it's not, a, it's not an end goal. It's not one day I'm going to get there right now. I'm here. Really I can here. be happy in this moment right now. Even if that means I'm still living at home with, with a dysfunctional family or I'm still in a situation I don't want to be, it doesn't mean that you can't be happy within that. Right. Because there's still positive things. Like yeah. there's still a lot of great things within, within those moments. And it's focusing on those things because it's so easy. It's so easy to get distracted by the negative, but the positives are still there, right? If you have a roof over your head and you're not disabled, there's two things that you could be happy about each day. But even like the laws of attraction, positive attracts positive, negative attracts negative. As soon as I started being grateful and having gratitude and being positive in my life, God did the clean of all the trash people in my life. Mm -hmm, You know what mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. So it really depends on your perception is going to... Your perception of yourself and your life is going to reflect what you're going to get in the future. Yeah. I, so I would just say to all my listeners, make sure that you take the time to be self-aware and to figure out who you are. It's a journey. You don't like figuring out who you are is a constant journey. You change every day. You go through different experiences all the time. And I read something in a book that says we don't know what positive or negative experiences are because even negative experience give us positive results or have positive effects on us. So it's just constantly understanding who you are on a daily basis, what you want to be and how you're going to get there. So yeah. these are the things that I'm going to do that are going to make me happy today. And it's, it's a day to day thing, you know, tomorrow you might feel shit, but that's okay. You know what I mean? It's not, Oh my God, I'm a bad person now because I feel shit. It's okay. I feel shit today. What am I going to do with this feeling? Yeah. Actively creating that happiness for yourself. Don't go to therapists and think they're going to create it for you. Don't yeah. want read a book and think that's going to give it to you. And like, it's something that you create for yourself and only you can create it to yourself for yourself when you realize this is what I want and this is how I'm going to get it. On a positive note by Rashida saying, my listeners, she is cooking up things, my yeah. friends. She is cooking up things. So hopefully you'll be able to hear her in your ears soon. I just want, is there any last remarks you want to say? Any no, I just want to say anything? if anyone wants to comment or ask questions, feel free. I would love to respond and answer anything you guys have to say or ask me. If you want some resources, I'll put some great resources about Unison and some like really, really good mental health apps. We'll tag them in this video. Can I put your Instagram? And so? Yeah, totally. If you yeah. want to follow me, ask me questions, DM, feel free. She's fantastic. Anyway, I, <laughs> I just want to say it was been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. And I think it's a really valuable conversation that everyone can take from. And even if you didn't catch everything, because there's so much in this 45 minutes, just really amalgamate it and see little pieces of what you can take from it and re-listen to it. I re-listen to podcasts all the time. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. You can catch me at, at Araza, A-I-R-A-Z-A. Yes, 21, um, on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Do you want to give your Instagram? My Instagram is at rbrown, so R-B-R-O-W-N underscore. Actually, I think it's two E's. I'll link it below. I'll link it, but <laughs> yeah, follow me, at me, ask questions, comment, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. Yes, have a good day. Bye.